welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey everyone, welcome back to your favorite podcast where a couple breaks down scary movies thematically by month. I think I finally nailed it. My name is Cindy. I'm Josh. And uh, after four years, I think I figured out the opening. Yay. Uh, This month we are doing makes and remakes. The the OGs and the new versions of movies. We did Rangu and Ring. And now we are doing... The Invisible Man. Are we going to do the remake with Chevy Chase? Wasn't he in an Invisible Man movie? It's a John Carpenter movie. And it, but I'm right. That's not a fever not dream a that I film. had one night. During it's not a horror film. That's like a comedy. But it was right. Yeah, it oh, is yeah, Chevy it's Chase. Real. Okay. Memoirs of Invisible Man is That's a very it. real movie uh, that that people shit on. And I will say this: Is it a good movie? No. Is I have it, a is it miscast? Distrust and not liking yes. of. Chevy Chase. Yeah, he's an asshole. Yeah. Um, I have a very unique distaste for that man. Is it uh, full of really good effects? It actually is. Like, the effects are really cool. Like, the the invisible effects are really fucking good in that movie. However. However, um, it doesn't all work. <laughs> and apparently it's because Chevy Chase was odd. There it is. And I was going to say, why didn't it work? Allegedly. Everyone has to say allegedly. Don't sue me. Because allegedly. he gets more credit than he's due. Yeah. Anyway, moving um, on. We're going to talk today about, of all of the Universal Horror films, this is the one that scared me the most as a child. Oh, the Invisible Man. Like... He's also not the one that's ever brought up whenever we talk about the Universal Monsters. Yeah. I guess it's hard to put him on a poster. Well, he actually looks creepy as shit. But all of the other films, aside from Dracula, had like a really good sequel. And this one did not? This one had a bunch (laughs) of sequels, but they weren't very good. There was The Invisible Man, The Invisible Woman. I think there was The Invisible Agent, which is... Once we were fighting the Nazis, there was a guy oh. who got the serum and turned invisible and went and like was a spy for the Allies. It's just a way to be like, why don't we um, take the monsters to war? Laurel <laughs> <laughs> and Hardy go to war. But watching these movies as a child, I used to show them on like AMC's on Friday nights. Yeah, because I do like AMC Friday nights with these, and then they do this in like a Hammer film usually, and then Saturday was Monster Vision with Joe Bob, and I remember. Thinking I was going to be terrified of Dracula. Not being terrified of Dracula as a child. But being terrified of But this. watching this movie and it scared the shit out of me. I was All like right. seven. <laughs> and my mind you was like not so young. ready for a movie that was made in 1933. That scared <laughs> the fuck out of me. 1933, yeah. eh? Uh, this movie, yeah, this movie was released November 13th, 1933. 1933, mm-hmm. Wild fucking year wild year. 1933 uh adolf hitler is elected mm-hmm. chancellor of mm-hmm. germany in a free and democratic election 100 percent. um yeah i know that <laughs> i know this is about when everything starts yeah. to go so here's, 1933 is a super important year in history and here's why you're correct it's the year that hitler was appointed chancellor of germany it's the year that the uh, the Golden Gate Bridge construction began. The Reichstag fire happened. Yep. The first of a series yeah. of pogroms that people would... Terrorist attack. We don't know who's doing it. What? Until Kristallnacht in uh, 1937, uh, when we all are like, oh, shit, the government's <laughs> behind it. 
prohibition ended. Thank God. That was a dumb idea. I should have had a beer for this episode. We always need to remember as Americans, our Constitution is there to protect our freedoms, not to limit them. The minute our uh, Constitution and rule of the people becomes, you cannot do these things, you cannot do these things, is when we have the fall of democracy. The fall of democracy is supposed to be our rights are protected. We have freedoms. Mm -hmm. There, we have this document that protects them, and uh, history has told us over and over again, this is a great example, that when you put restrictions on freedoms, you're always going to end up having an amendment going, sorry, we should yeah. have done that, it didn't work out. Also, super important, I'm going to tack onto that, because of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, I don't have to quarter fucking soldiers in my house, yo. That's right, bitch. Nobody That's talks about that up. third amendment. Because um, you know what? British people loved quartering fucking troops in people's houses. Well, I don't know what to say. The most famous Dane that ever there was, Hans Christian Andersen, was pretty famous for overstaying his welcome at Dickens' house until they had to kick him out. (laughs) (laughs) Old 1933 is the year that FDR gets sworn in. Uh, The Great Depression is in full swing. Yes, it is. The New Deal programs start to get rolled out. Thank God. They will end up to this day. (laughs) It's the old, well, I guess I'll get a job with the state. The Dust Bowl is happening. Yep. This is what will eventually drive my great-grandparents out of Kansas. And, fun fact yes. for those listening Tell home, me right now. The first drive-in movie theater is opened in Pensacola, New Jersey. That is correct. I was waiting. I was going to say, are you going to say that it's New Jersey? It's true. Uh, I am born from New Jersey and lived there for 18, uh, I might say 20 years, because 18, 19, 20 were kind of just a few months here and there. So, I'd say 19 years. And I have never once been to a drive-in movie theater because by the time I was born, 1979, they were down to only about two in the state. And then when I was old enough that I'd want to go on my own, they were all closed. I went to a movie theater all the, or a drive-in movie theater all the time. Saw Jurassic Park there. I know um, some of the families that I knew kind of growing up, they would do that. They would take their kids and there was like a kid's movie and then there'd be like an adult movie. And so like the kids would like go to sleep at the end. Dude, my dad took me to a double feature of Every Sniper night. with Tom Berenger of course and he did. Cliffhanger with Stallone. That's a double feature I saw with my eyeball without a drive-in. Um, insane. People that were born in 1933, Yoko Ono, Nina Simone. I didn't realize she was that old. Okay. Mm-hmm. Michael Caine, Willie Nelson, Aww. James Brown. And Gene Wilder. Yay! I do love me some Gene Wilder. The world loved Gene Wilder. Um, you know who I love? Who? Uh, the director of this film that we've talked about before. Who is that? So before we get into that, I'm just going to tell you because it's going to make your day. Yes. This movie is one hour and 11 minutes long. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I love an, when hour, things were, an hour and some change. Back when things were shot to be like part of For a, a my double taste. bill. They're like, we'll put two movies or two short movies together with, like, shit between them. This movie is directed by James Whale, the very openly gay director of Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, yes. The man who created the look and kind of the continuity and the feel of the early Universal horror films, uh, who killed himself in his swimming pool, which is a fucking horrible way to die. And his lover hid that fact for a very long time, so people thought he drowned by accident. He, if you have not heard our episode uh, in season three, yeah, we did Pride of, of Frankenstein. It is a good time. We yeah. liked that movie for very <laughs> odd reasons. It was hilarious. Um, 
so this movie has some heavy hitters that wrote it. All right. So the actual screenplay is credited to R.C. Sheriff. R.C. Sheriff. That's a name. Uh, he wrote Goodbye, Mr. Chips, The Damn Busters, which is a fucking awesome movie. Goodbye, Mr. Would Chips. It? Chips. Okay. The original, the, ver- the first one. Um, and he was an uncredited rewriter on The Old Dark House and Bride of Frankenstein and Dracula's Daughter for Universal. So he had a lot of horror chops just coming in and like dusting up dialogue and stuff on a screenplay. So the heavy hitter of, yes. of the people. Um, there's an uncredited pass on the screenplay reportedly by Preston Sturges. Preston Sturges is without a doubt the most famous person that is in conjunction with this movie is he a relation um, to the sturgis motorcycle festival probably <laughs> okay so uh preston sturgis was a writer director producer playboy and inventor and soldier wow okay yeah um his, millionaire playboy. yeah his family were uh millionaires and owned a cosmetics company and his most successful invention he ever did was he created a kiss-proof red lipstick oh. for his mother's cosmetics company. Well, what was his mother's cosmetic company? I cannot remember the Is name it Mary Kay Cosmetics? It may be. <laughs> uh, no, because if they had a kissable red lipstick, we would all know about it. And then he tried to invent for a little bit and then fucked off when that didn't work <laughs> to be in the army during World War One. Wow. No. Yeah. Well, 33. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then once he got out, he started writing and then became a filmmaker and did basically three of the most important comedies of uh, the Depression era Hollywood. So he's responsible for The Lady Eve, Sullivan's Travels, which is it's a movie that would be your favorite movie of maybe of all time if you watched it. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it. Like, <laughs> it's a comedy. And it's right up your alley. And Palm Beach Story, which is also right up your alley. It's like a witty banter, like comedy, like boop, boop, boop. And they're like 80 minutes a piece. They're like super fucking short. All right. Well, maybe. All three of those films are in the Criterion Collection. <laughs> do you background. own, do we now have them on our shelf? I don't own any of them, actually. I don't own a lot of comedies. I don't like to laugh. <laughs> That's true. I, I just forgot. like to scream. And not read. And <laughs> scream. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to read. I'm not reading this off a piece of paper. <laughs> and it's, of course, based on a novel by H.G. Wells. Oh, of course. Yeah, of the Time Machine and War of the World's fame. So um, the only other person that is in the made it kind of crew category is... I want to th- shout out Jack Pierce. We've talked about him before, but I want to mention him again. So Jack Pierce is the defining person of Universal's horror All right. slate. He's the person who designed all of the makeup and applied it for everyone. He did the makeup effects. He learned from Lon Chaney. Oh, yeah. I was going to say yeah. then. Uh, like Lon Chaney taught him everything That is knew. someone who learned from the best. And then he went on to do all the makeup for Dracula, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, White Zombie, The Mummy Films, The Wolfman, and he ended his career with Mr. Ed. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Oh, that used to be the funnest show on Nick at Night. They would always put, when Nickelodeon ended, because I am that old, when Nickelodeon ended at like six o'clock, the first Nick at Night was always like Mr. Ed, because it was kind of a fun, easy yeah. transition. So I definitely caught a lot of Mr. Ed. My, my favorite Nick at Night Because I didn't show. feel like going up and changing the channel. Yeah, my favorite Nick at Night show was Alfred Hitchcock Presents. 
I used to love watching Alfred Hitchcock present. The cast of this thing. Okay. Claude Rains. He's the linchpin of this entire movie. All right. He's Dr. Jack Griffin. Uh, people know him best like from that. Notorious and from Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, where he's the dickhead senator. <laughs> he's the Joe Manchin of uh, yeah. the Senate. Okay. Yeah. Um, that would be Joe Manchin. to all special interests. And from Casablanca, he's the French Vichy, Vichy, Vichy. Yeah. police captain who about. helps them out. The little hat. Yeah. So he's the lead of the movie. And then we've got Gloria Stewart, who's Flora. She's in the old dark house. Um, her career is crazy long because really? she's in the old dark house, okay. which is directed yeah. by James Whale in 1932. Okay. And then she is the old ass Rose from the from... beginning of Titanic. Wow. <laughs> that is a damn. I was there. Damn. <laughs> All those years ago. Uh, William Harrigan, um, who's Dr. Arthur Kemp. He, he is in a movie called Nixon Dames. Okay. Uh, we got Henry Travers, who's Dr. Cranley. He was in Shadow of a Doubt, which is one of the best Hitchcock films. And It's a Wonderful Life. And in a face that you probably, hopefully will recognize is Una O'Connor. She's Jenny Hall. She's... Go from a real name Una to yeah. Jenny. She was in uh, The Adventures of Robin Hood with Errol Flynn and Ryan Oh, I know who she is. She's yeah, yeah. The, the lady who always mugged and made weird faces and was like ah, there's a monster uh, i know exactly what you're talking about the errol flynn robin hood is super super classic and if she was in bride of frankenstein then i definitely remember her because i remember that movie do you, she was the one that like wanted the monster yep. dead at the beginning and yeah, yeah. When i know exactly what you're talking about she does that weird like ah. yeah yeah, I figured. All right. So this is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me a poster of the movie and I try to tell you what it's going to be about. I honestly don't think I know what The Invisible Man is about. So It's about a see-through dude. It looks like it's going to be kind of a mix between Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, maybe? Or is it going to be more like Liam Neeson and Darkman? I wish. What? Okay, so it's not that. So I think it's going to be, you know, a, a scientist is testing out various potions and he discovers the secret for invisibility, but he doesn't discover how to change himself back. That's what I say. I mean, that's a trope in most. But this is old enough that it could have movies. been the beginning. I think maybe while he's invisible, he witnesses maybe a murder or something. And that's why, you know, it becomes kind of a, or maybe he kills, oh, maybe he kills a guy. I don't know. <laughs> I think maybe like the scary part of it is that he witnesses something horrible happen. And it's like, oh, my God, there's somebody there saw that. Like maybe maybe somebody like farted into her hand and then she didn't think anybody was farted there. Farted into her hand. Like something crazy embarrassing. Um, my guess is this. My guess is you're going to be like impressed with the effects for being from 1933. Okay. And you're going to agree with me that he is the scariest of all the universal monsters that we've watched. All right, because he's he walking is, around naked all the time. He is definitely not misunderstood. <laughs> like oh. Everyone's like, oh, Frankenstein's monster. Like, I feel bad for him. Like, Definitely not this guy. You don't feel bad for the Invisible Man. <laughs> all right. Well, where can we watch this movie? Um, I have the Invisible Man collection. Obviously, you said it was on Criterion. I know it's on Criterion. It's just Universal does the sets where they're like, here's all of the Frankenstein movies. Here's all of the Draculas. Here's all of the Invisible Man's creature movies. So I've got that. I've got the Invisible Man set. Cool. 
And we're gonna that's what we're gonna watch it on. It's on Prime. You can rent it. All right. Well then I'm sure it's not very much. Uh and I bet if I were to look, it's gonna be on YouTube. Probably. <laughs> All right. Well, until then, uh join us, won't you? Mind the doors. Right up to the top of his head, all round his ears. Flora's worried about Griffin. I had a terrible feeling last night. I thought he was in desperate trouble. He meddled in things men should leave alone. Not the slightest clue. That's where the clues are. He wasn't leaving anything to chance. There must be a way back. God knows there's a way back. Are you doing help? Watch the Invisible Man, all seventy-three minutes of it. Is that the that was the time? It was. It was a good movie. It was very creepy. You're absolutely Holds right. Up. <laughs> it's very interesting. It's about the hubris of man. It, it's basically about a guy who gets powers and is wants to use them for evil. That's the best way I can explain it. No, yeah. <laughs> well, I knew that. That's what uh, you were going to want to know. It, how I could sum it up. It's about a, a scientist who makes himself invisible and with his new power wants to murder people. Uh, IMDb has a scientist finds a way of becoming invisible, but in doing so becomes murderously insane. That's what I just said, but better. Okay. I, mm. We kind of talked about this before we watched the movie. I think Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein are like, beautiful horror films that yeah. are very important okay and have transcended like universal 
itself like the whole horror it's genre. part of they're even bigger than that right yeah it's it's just kind of part of the american zeitgeist i still hold that of the original like universal films mm-hmm. the invisible band is the scariest one because he kills so many people <laughs> for no reason like wolfman kills a couple people frankenstein kills a couple people most of them by accident now this guy um, sets out to murder people. He straight up like kills a shitload of people and runs around naked while he does it. For yeah. all we know, he's whacking off. Yeah, God, I don't know. Maybe the hubris. Um, this movie is essentially Claude Rains, um, the invisible the power man. of ingesting chemicals that he's created over a series of a month. Correct has made himself invisible, but one of the uh, One of the ingredients had this a, flower, which it, was from India. Right. You know, you know it's got to be from the wilds of not Europe yeah. to drive a man crazy. Um, they Fucking talk about how it made. They, of course it wasn't. They tried it on like dogs. Whitey never made anything cool. It turned them entirely white and drove them mad. Drove them insane. Yeah. And for some reason, the results of that were never published or there, there was some reason why he wouldn't be aware of that side effect. And he had girlfriend, fiance, fiance, fiance. They always have fiance, and that he like straight up forgot about. And he was like, "Oh, that's right. Oh, I love All right, I love, I love her." her. Like, hey, don't. The hell's wrong with you? And then he like bullies the hell out of the other scientist that's in the lab, and he's like, "You're gonna be my man on the street and tell like you're gonna do everything." All this, and it, um, you're gonna do it, or else I'm gonna kill you too. Like, I'm what? not gonna lie, that's my favorite interaction he has with anyone as the invisible man the bullying like because the other scientist seems to be like a smarmy dick and his the invisible man character has been gone for like a month and he's like <laughs> macking on his fiance let me tell you how i love you and, and she <laughs> straight up goes no and then no yeah and then like the invisible Please man don't. rolls in and he's like get me some pajamas motherfucker like <laughs> Yes, essentially. Like, he starts ordering him around. Yes, he does. Because he's like, I'm immediately better than you because I'm invisible. Yeah. It's basically how white people of the period, and kind of still now, view other, like, non-white people. Where they're (laughs) like, "Mm, uh, get my slippers. Fix my shit. Yeah. He starts ordering him around like that. And then you could tell he's not used to, like, being treated like a second-class citizen. Yeah, of course. They're all very wealthy and fancy. And, yeah. And then he tries to call the police, and he ends up calling the doctor, and the doctor comes over with the... Oh, and and the fiancé is the doctor's daughter. That's not weird invasion. I don't know what is. Um, And then she's still in love with him and willing to be like, it's fine, everything's fine, and I'll wait for you sort of a thing. But it's too late. The cops are involved. They're going to kick things up a notch. And he strips down naked, which is how he ends up, you know, being invisible. And just starts going to town, terrorizing the town. Um, This movie has another and a long line of very strong female characters in universal horror films. In the fact that they just scream and don't really do Thank you. I was going to say, because that hotel, the innkeeper lady, man, she... I enjoyed her. She can shut the hell up. I wanted someone to just slap her across the face, Mrs. Peacock style. Uh, you know that that actress 
was beloved by James Whale, and he just had her ham it up continuously because he entertained him to no end. Yeah. He was like, no, kid, go to 11. Go to 11. Yeah, she was at like, 11. And she, boy, oh boy, she did. So, essentially, he rides around naked in his homeboy's car. Correct. Making him drive him to places so he can commit crimes. He and wrecks a train. People. He straight up wrecks a train. Yes. Like, you have a moment in Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Where he picks that girl up and he throws her in the water because accidentally, he thinks, you know, no, he's, he full and throws her in well, the water. Well, but I mean, too thinking, strong. Thinking he, that she will float like the flower, right. an honest mistake because he's like a, got a child's mind and literally yeah. the invisible man is just like, "Are you looking for me?" Boom, and kicks a dude over a cliff, uh-huh. and he's like, "Ah, you go with him," and kicks another dude yep. over a cliff, and then he like derails a train, mm-hmm. and he's just like, "Ha!" Yeah. <laughs> it's like a train on fire. He killed, I think it was like 122 people. It was over 100 in that. It's so many people in this movie. It was very odd. And um, it was, like I said, it, it, he just, he got these powers and he, the first thing he thought of was how can I just like create fuckery with it? That's how, how can I destabilize the region and mm-hmm. be a god? There was, yeah, there was no thought of how can this be used? Um, why the fuck am I doing this? Why, like, how will this help anybody with anything? And instead, he just, cool, now I can... I'm, I'm going to go with, that's the most believable part of the movie, <laughs> is the fact that a white British scientist would become invisible and immediately be like, I can walk into women's Locker changing rooms. rooms. Yeah. I can walk into banks and steal. Yeah. I can be a giant prick and no one can stop me. Yep. Like... That's his whole thing. He was and he did. It's just like, and he does some things, I'm not going to lie, I'm a fan of. I thought were fun. Like when he just steals the money yeah, thing out and of throws the it bank out and just throws the, the money away. And he just beats the shit out of the I knew you'd love that. I knew you'd love that. Yeah, he does <laughs> like pants him and spins him around he and all says, that kind of stuff. He says like very direct things, which I think were probably crazy to hear at the time. Like, he argues with a cop when he's invisible, and he's like, you're stupid, so now I'm going <laughs> to choke you to death. And he starts and choking he that cop to death. It's wild. It's This movie is wild. It's an action-packed hour and, 15, hour and change. It, the scene that I remember the most from my childhood that mm-hmm. freaked me out was um, is the scene where they're going to discuss how they're going to catch him, mm-hmm. and they have to walk across the room with nets. Oh, yeah. That, for some reason, when I was a kid, freaked me out. Because I was like, he could be in the room right now. <laughs> like, I don't like you this. You don't know. It just, I remember watching that as a kid and that really freaking me out. And not, I was like, I don't really like this. This is kind of creepy. <laughs> and then watching it again, I was like, yeah, that's a really interesting It's unsettling. Concept. They sell so much of this movie with, like, without the lead. Like, the lead of the movie is literally in this film for, like, 30 seconds at the very end yeah i was wondering if how they were going to bring him back because there's a few times where you know she has of course the standard eight by ten of her lover that she has on her desk we all do and i was like okay what does he look like and they purposely avoided it to kind of really build up that tension of you know what did he look like and that paid off i think um they wanted karloff originally i'm glad they didn't yeah he would have been Way too old? You, well, no, no, he wouldn't have been too old. He would have been about Frankenstein age. I think Okay. 
Karloff I guess my was head is just always old. crazy good at being Frankenstein because he has a face that translated perfectly to Frankenstein. Okay. Claude Rains was the perfect invisible man because he acts so much with just his voice. It's like, a lot. The way he talks, he is, that's all you need. Like he gets the entire, across the entire character with just like sweeping arm motions and like power poses. Yep. There are so many yep. times, and his voice, like obviously his voice. But, but there's, there's no face at any point. Because no. even when he does have clothes and stuff on, he's wrapped in ace bandages. And there are so many times, and I think before we wrap up and talk about the ending of this movie, mm-hmm. I think it's important that we talk about, they have him strike a pose. It's like the Mussolini pose. Right. A lot in this movie. A couple times. He, he does that like power pose that Mussolini would do when he was posing yeah. for photographs. And that has to be on purpose. <laughs> like, time the rise out. of fascism. And yeah. suddenly you've got a guy who's like, well, I'm all powerful. I'm just going to destabilize everything around me. Like, yeah. Interesting. In, okay. In Europe. And like, this was the, this came out the year that Hitler was elected mm-hmm. chancellor. Mussolini was already in charge of Italy. And you have to remember, like, now we look back and we're like, you know, kids are like, I don't know who Mussolini is, but Hitler's like the big baddie. Right. Pre-war, everyone was like, Mussolini's the scary one. Hitler's not the one we're super scared about. Right. Um, Mussolini was, uh, yeah. Everyone was like, he's kind of off the rails and is going to be a problem. And he um, was. He was, but thankfully the people of Italy took care of it for us. Yeah, you don't fuck around the Italians. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> you can't have stuff like that in a movie especially with the Hayes Code and how diligent they were about making sure like propaganda like that didn't get put in unless it was meant to be on purpose. Okay. They are definitely pointing out the insanity of one person being like, I'm all powerful. I'm going to do whatever I want with impunity and how terrifying that is. Right. And And how it devolves so quickly from like at first just, well, not at first, but it was almost kind of comical when he first ran from the hotel and he was, like, kicking people's butts and, like, slapping the people, like, took the bike and was throwing it around. It was almost funny. And then it became, like, oh, that means he can be anywhere and he can do anything. And then his mm-hmm. acts got more and more violent. And it all kind of happened so quickly that it it was a, it made for a good movie. I enjoyed it. That That's essentially how we have viewed... We viewed Nazism at the time and how we kind of view it now, where we're like, oh, it's kind of funny. Like, it's whatever. Mainstream media isn't too concerned about it until it's a fucking problem. Right. And spoiler alert. It's a it's problem. It's a fucking problem. So I, I, I don't know. I think the more, like, rewatching this, I hadn't watched it in years. And thinking about it, I really like this movie. And it does have the ending that, you have to close the loop and bad guy has to pay and right. he falls asleep in the barn. The farmer is like, oh, he's asleep in my barn. He, so, the farmer makes so much noise. How did he not hear that? I was afraid the farmer was going to be like the next victim. And I was like, oh, he's a sweet old man. He's just exhausted. <laughs> he was like, I've been running around naked in the fucking snow. In the winter. I'm tired. Yeah. His balls are up inside of yeah. him. So they burn the barn and then watch the footsteps when they come out and they shoot him. And... The, the doctor makes sure to let you know they got him through both lungs. Yes. And and how did he, how did they know that? How did they know that? He was. Uh, well, I th- I feel like if you listened with a stethoscope, you could hear. Maybe. The air bleeding out of both sides. 
Okay. How would it? Okay. How would he have known? Like as uh, he dies, the effects of the chemical will wear off, and he'll probably come visible. That again. was another thing. That like, point I was going to bring up. How would we know that? I didn't realize we were there yet. But that's essentially how it ends. Yeah, you know, with the bad guy being like, "I fucked up. I wish I hadn't been evil. I've always loved you." Because it's the '30s. Spoiler alert: dudes that do shit like that don't really fucking feel bad about it. Nope. Um, it is what it is. But. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this movie fucking ruled. Like, it did. I forgot how good it was, and it exceeded my memories of it. Well, we watched it with uh, the 75-year-old, and she, of course, loved it. That was she, right up her alley. Uh, she really liked that. I don't think the... I would not... I think this is an easy movie to watch with the almost 12-year-old, but... My 12-year-old, maybe not yet. Like, I don't know. He has Sometimes he has an imagination about stuff, and I think the creep-out factor would be enough to be like, oh, freak out. And the effects are pretty damn good. Like, he is invisible. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, so they, they did that, especially when you take off the bandages and you could see him moving without, like, a head or mm-hmm. piece of face. You have to go frame um, by frame in those days. They had James Whale, or James Whale had uh, Claude Rains dressed completely in black velvet and filmed him in front of a black velvet background. Yeah. And then as he pulled it off, he just blended into, like, the curtain behind him. Okay. Because it was made out of the same material. Interesting. Um, yeah, Karloff was considered, like I said, for... I'm glad, like, I'm glad they did The lead. So it was Colin Clive, who played Dr. Frankenstein. <laughs> like, super drunk shouting it's alive yes like colin clive yes um (laughs) that's what i remember most about that was how much of an alcoholic he was yeah uh claude rains ended up getting it over i guess they originally cast karloff and then had he had to back out and it became a huge thing with him and james whale and then that's how claude rains got it but it's so much better with claude rains and i love boris karloff it's true he does all in on boris karloff the Claude Rains performance in this film is what inspired Mark Hamill's Joker for the Batman the Animated Series cartoon. Like he has cited this as being a major influence for the the voice cool. choices for the Joker. Interesting. And you can kind of hear it. Like after you watch this movie, you can the sneering kind of dickishness of his Joker kind of really you could tell comes from this. And it it matches a lot of the book that H. G. Wells wrote. It does. I didn't, um, I didn't know that. A few differences. Uh, the novel takes place in the 1890s, and the film takes place in 1933. Obviously. There's, like, x-rays that are used in the uh, as well as the drugs in the book. Okay. The main character of hmm. the, the Invisible Man like the doesn't have a girlfriend, doesn't have a fiancé. They never do. They doesn't always really have that. any friends. That um, makes more sense. But a bit of a recluse, always feeling invisible. He's an egomaniac and kind of a sociopath before he becomes invisible. Okay. And this, they're like, it's the all the power. I'm go ahead and say it. The book sounds like the book was better. I mean, it usually is. <laughs> there are... I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. There are only a few cases where the movie's better than the book. Jaws being the main. Okay, continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I said, there's 122 people that get murdered in this movie, which... That's wild. ...is a fucking lot for a film from the time period. Mm-hmm. I know you are hesitant to like Arkoff, things like this. Okay. Do you want to try it? I, I think it checks off a fair amount of them. Well, you know, actually, 
Okay, so if we say action, yes. A lot of action, a lot of running around. It moves fast as a quick pace. I mean, he shows up and he's like already invisible. <laughs> right. Yeah, actually. I thought that's why I thought maybe it was an accident. Um, let's see. Revolutionary? Yes. Yes. The are fucking crazy revolutionary. Yes. Like First of its uh, time kind of a thing. Every other Universal film kind of before and even after this. A lot of it is makeup effects. This was in-camera tricks to make him appear invisible. It was cool. Okay. Killing 122 people. A lot of killing. Okay. Uh, Oratory. Oratory. Uh, Yeah. I can see how some of this stuff would be memorable for sure. He just gives, he basically gives villain monologues the entire movie. Yes. Yes, he does. (laughs) That is correct. All he does is just monologue about how he's an evil prick and And how excited he is about it and i am here for it (laughs) and then uh fornication i mean he's running around naked does that count as anything i mean i think so it's a little titular the idea of a character running around naked in 1933 definitely fantasy yeah oh that that. all the fantasy in the world Mm. what are we watching so uh this month we're doing the make and remake so i guess next week we're doing the remake what year though? It's like twenty twenty. Oh right. How? Oh, what movie are we doing, Josh? Invisible Man. The one that like just came out yeah. like over the pandemic. Dang it! That movie looked terrifying. It it's got its moments and it definitely is rooted in all this film. I cool. Did Did you like this movie? I li- I did like this movie overall. This is a movie that I would definitely watch again. It was interesting i i really didn't know anything about the invisible man like i know that sounds weird but of all like the monsters that's the one like oh yeah i forgot about him (laughs) he's invisible so it was it was interesting to watch and like learn the kind of the the lore of how it all happened because i just fall back on the old mutant or like comic book thing where oh the you know there was an accident there was a chemical spill that sort of a thing dark man this was just a man who fuck it i can do it so i'm going to yeah let's see uh he is a mad prick in this movie and i am all in <laughs> on it you are chaotic evil love <laughs> i just enjoy a good villain in a movie if they're nothing wrong with that they make, they're usually the more interesting characters anyway they make the movie fun and interesting and i could only imagine seeing this movie when it came out because like i said you go from watching like dracula kills a couple people frankenstein kills a couple people like and then he's just out here derailing trains and like kicking dudes (laughs) just to do it there was really no reason there's no he gets he gains nothing out of it than just terrifying everyone around him um so these were the type of movies that were being shown at like late night tv when my mom was a kid uh growing up in the philadelphia area so she remembers seeing this for the first time and how terrifying it was. And she made her, it was her and her sister and they made their dad, you know, come down and walk them up up to their bedrooms. They were so scared of the middle of the night because he could be anywhere sort of a thing. So she really, she had a fun time with this. And when she was a kid, I mean, it did what it, it did its job. It made them feel like there was somebody there. There could be somebody there anytime. She liked it. Yeah. Yeah. This holds up. This movie holds up. And I'm really, I think 
if you haven't seen it, you should really watch it. It's it's definitely worth a watch. Like, four of the effects are really cool. Claude Rains just chews the fucking scenery up <laughs> with just his voice. With just his voice. And, like, just a couple hand motions. Sometimes. And... and it really has a lot to do with like the rise of fascism in a nod way that you don't that you once you see it you can't unsee it okay i agree right like i think yeah i think knowing that like knowing to look for that i think uh if we do watch this again which i'm sure we will that yeah i think that'll pop out like claude rains being like i'll rule the world because there were a lot of odd profile kind of shots of him and i thought they just did that so you could kind of accentuate what little of the face there was. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to look at. All right. Well, enough of that. I've enjoyed this, but I, I my voice is failing because I'm not, I'm not feeling very well. All right. <laughs> so. so join us next week. Until then. <laughs> I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. Yay. The Invisible Man.